Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first podcast of the podcast series where we go out and try to get uh, local politicians and local leaders involved into our organization as well. I'm here with um, Goodyear City Councilman Bill Stipp. Bill, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Noah. So I'll just open this up. Please introduce yourself, your history and politics, and the office you hold now. Uh, well, again, my name is Bill Stipp. I'm a Goodyear City Council member. I've been on the City Council since 2011. Uh, I guess you'd say my history in politics goes back to working for local government for almost 40 years. So I've had some connection to the local elected official throughout those 40 years. Um, but really, after uh, after I retired and uh you know, looking what 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 else can I do to serve my community? Uh, this opportunity came along, and uh, and I've been uh, doing it ever since. Um, I am term limited, so my uh, term of office will end uh, January first, twenty twenty five. Oh wow, awesome! Well, a huge congratulations then with all of your accomplishments so far in office. And uh, do you want to describe some of the things that you do, day to day activities that you're involved in in your elected office right now? So the um, Office of City Council Member in most jurisdictions or most municipalities is uh, is really that of just the policymaker. Uh, most governments are the manager council form of government, which means the city manager is really the day-to-day CEO of the uh, of the city. The city council, including the mayor, just really provide policy direction. So uh, on a day in and day out uh, activity piece, um, I tell people you can be as busy or as uh, quiet as you want to be. Me in particular, I'm heavily involved in a number of regional transportation uh, issues, so I stay fairly busy uh, all, all week long. Uh, but there are other council members who do one or two things and they don't have uh, nearly the amount of, uh, of of time. But really what we're doing is we're reaching out uh, to residents that are responding to us with questions or we're you know, out in the community um, at various community events, whether it be ribbon cuttings or uh, today, for example, was the state of the state uh, speech by the governor um, here in the West Valley. Okay, yeah, that's awesome then. So you kind of mentioned this a little bit. So it's kind of what you want to put out into the the job itself. So like depending on how much you want to put in is the given hours. Is that correct? Kind of with yours? Yeah, that, that, that's correct. We, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of email, thankfully, that comes through these days. But um, like I said, uh, in addition to your Monday night for us, which is Monday night council meetings, there's preparatory time. There's you know doing some research on some issues. Uh, but then there's also the ability to serve in other capacities, at least here in Phoenix throughout the region. Okay, yeah, awesome. And then I want to kind of jump on to now the youth side of politics and some of the ways since you've been obviously in politics for some time now. So what is one way that you believe that the youth can get involved in politics right now? Well, you know, honestly, I think um, for for youth and quite honestly, it's really for anybody is really um, not just reading the headlines. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got to understand the issue and you have to, if you're relying solely on one form of news or one source of news, um, you're probably not going to get the whole story. And a, a great example of that is uh, yesterday, the governor's office released the um, water deficiency study that was done uh, well over a year ago. Um, 
one headline had it as Goodyear and Buckeye have no water, uh, when in fact it's just the Hasiampa water basin, which is a very different thing than Goodyear and Buckeye have no water. So um, if you read just the headline, you'd be very confused. So uh, I had this conversation with a uh, with an over 70 year old person today. Uh, so really you gotta get out there and you gotta, you have to read the whole story and you have to read multiple sources um, because politics is so polarizing. Um, you really need to start, you need to stick to the facts and understand the issue in its totality rather than the headlines that are about each one of the issues. Yeah, I love that because I, I I remember having water yesterday too. So if I just looked at that headline, I wouldn't believe be believing that too much. But um, so kind of jumping onto a similar topic, what is one wisdom that you want to share with someone that has the vision of running for elected office in the future? Um, I you know honestly, I think there's no uh, there's uh, there are you know there are some there are multiple ways to serve your your community, and I think that's really the the best place to get started. Get started at the local level, um, whether you're uh, volunteering to serve on a planning and zoning commission or a youth commission or parks and rec advisory commission. Uh, get started with that and understand where, where you're at. Um, the city council, for example, is a great training ground for somebody who wants to go forward. A lot of times we we have folks that are elected to office that have never served in any capacity, and now we're sitting at the state legislature or, or are sitting somewhere else, and and they really struggle with trying to understand that the true needs of the of the state. Okay, yeah, um, and kind of why did you want to run for office initially, so that other people as well might want to have that same inspiration. So uh, prior to my retirement in uh, 2009, I had spent almost 30 years in public service, working for various uh, cities and towns in you know throughout the country. Um, that is a great uh, service. We're, we're taking care of each other, taking care of our neighbors. We're really building good communities. And when I retired, I found that I really kind of missed how do I how do I continue to serve my community. Uh, so when the opportunity to run for elected office came up, um, that was that was key. And I can sit here today, you know, uh, 11, 12 years later and say, as we drive through the city, I had something to do with that. I had something to do with that. And that that is there's a lot of pride that goes with that. Um, and quite honestly, my kids will see my name on plaques in um, on city buildings for, for almost their lifetime. That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool then true. Um, but with one kind of minor part about politics or one of the things that people don't like as much is the election process. So, uh, can you describe your, your history with the election process and some difficulties that come with running for office? So the, uh, election process is twofold. Number one is trying to get enough signatures to qualify yourself to be on the ballot. Um, that is a door-to-door -door, uh, walk with a with signature sheets, and it's done usually by uh, 10, 20 of your closest friends circulating petitions for you. Um, it is very, very difficult, um, especially in today's day and age. It's very hard to to try to to get uh, 1,500 signatures that you need to get on the ballot. But if you are if you're able to overcome that. 
um, really the it depends on the type of race that you're going to have. And for us, uh, the challenge that we had is the first election I was in was very, very contentious. There were a lot of people running, so they were throwing a lot of mud. And it really it was very upsetting to my to my family. Um, they really took it personally, and uh, I did not. Uh, I realized what it was and stood up above it. Uh, and here I am, you know, three terms later. And uh, but th that part could be very frustrating because you put yourself out there to try to serve your community and someone wants to take shots at you. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. So you kind of have, have to have tough skin, right, to be a politician. Yeah. Okay. And um, another thing with that as well is uh, what is one strategy that you believe made you successful in winning your elected office? You know, I, I believe it's just honesty. Okay. Uh, People know when you're genuine and people also know uh, when you're BSing them and just repeating a, a campaign slogan or a, or a storyline. Um, and, and I think that that's what allowed me to be, uh, to be successful is, um, is I do care. And you have to have a reason to run. Um, and you have to, you not only have to have a reason, but you also have, if you're running because there's a problem, you have to have a solution. Um, and so you've got to be passionate about it. And I think that came through to a lot of people was my passion for the city and my passion to serve. And I, I think that was, that was very evident. Um, we've seen in the last couple of, uh, my second, uh, election, uh, we had two candidates run, um, did not do very well at all because they couldn't really talk about their passion. And then my third, uh, my third election, uh, I ran unopposed and that was, that was great. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably the best one. <laughs> um, so just kind of closing this off with one final question is, uh, what is one thing that you'd want to see changed in politics in the future? Uh, you know, honestly, the um, we're experiencing a breakdown um, and a polarization. And polarization only occurs when you've got two choices. Um, so there's, um, what I'd love to see changed is an adoption of, uh, something called ranked choice voting. Uh, it's, it's done in a number of other States. Utah, for example, is one of them that's close. Alaska does it. And it's all of the candidates jump into the same pool. Doesn't matter what party you are. Doesn't matter where, where you stand. And then the public puts the top, the top three into the, into the final general election ballot. And then those are the candidates that run. And it's based solely on the top choice and not, you're not picking someone based on candidacy, you're pick or on their uh, political party, you're picking them on who they are as people. Um, and if you look at the state of Arizona, I don't wanna get too crazy, but if you look at the state of Arizona, we are virtually one third Republican, one third Democrat and one third independent. And uh, there's no way that an independent can win an election um, in the two-party primary system. And that uh, so there's, there's always that third, that third choice. So mm -hmm. we erase some of that and get into making people who are elected work for their constituents instead of working for their party, we would be uh, in far better shape.
So that's interesting then. So in that system, could it be just three Democrats or three Republicans that then are in that top uh, place or in the primaries that are just going against each other? Or how does that work? Yeah, it it could. And, and you know, that if you look at the, the demographic of a third, a third and a third, the likelihood of that is very, very rare. Yeah. Um, but um, you're really trying to trying to get the best person. Mm. Um there's a um, there's a website, and I think it's called uh, um, RankChoiceVoting.com. I think is what it is. But if you look up uh, Rank Choice Voting, uh, they really kind of go through and explain the the principles of it. I'm probably doing it an injustice, but I but I don't mind getting the word out um, to to kind of talk about that. Uh, like I said, other states are having some good success with it. Um, we're too polarized to get there yet, but maybe in your lifetime. Yeah. Well, awesome then. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. Stipp. And um, yeah, thank you so much. And a future episode will be coming out soon. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much.